Hi, my name is Jen. I'm a holistic nurse practitioner, and I'm here to tell you that your body can heal. I've healed eight different chronic and autoimmune conditions that had me bedridden sick with little hope for my future in my 20s. I've created this podcast to inspire you and give you the tools to heal your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your life. This podcast is for patients, practitioners, and people who want to listen from the place where spirit and science meet. As we heal our body, we have a body that moves well, thinks well, loves well, and that is a body we want to be in for this life to carry out our soul's work. I'm so glad you're here tuning in with us. Now let's get to this week's episode. Received by neurons. From the hypothalamus, your brain tells the pituitary gland what kind of hormone to make and where to send it. From the pituitary gland, your hormonal messengers travel to the ovaries. So that's the HPO, the hypothalamus to the pituitary gland to the ovaries. It's like some kind of football play or something. So from the pituitary gland, hormonal messengers travel to the ovaries and begin the entire hormonal cascade for the month. Your hormones begin in your brain and energy impinging on a neuron in the brain determines what it does. So like a chain of dominoes, action potentials travel down neurons, generating all of our cells activity, which determines our hormones balance. So do you see how, when your hormones are in your head, like literally hypothalamus to pituitary gland to ovaries, your hypothalamus is responding to neurons and action potentials are setting off those neurons, telling the cells what to do, which determines hormone balance in your body. What is governing action potentials? Well, this is where science doesn't have everything figured out, but we know our thoughts, we know energy, we know there's some sort of unexplained divine phenomenon. You have more power over your body than what you are ever led to believe, even when it comes to your hormones. It's like to make it really tangible when you hear or see meditations that are about healing the body and you hear these radical stories, the documentary Heal is amazing. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. Let me start with a question. Have you ever wondered what your hormones are doing on the inside of your body given the day of the month? Or have you ever wondered what your hormones look like in menopause or on birth control versus if you were a cycling female at one point? It's time we ladies have a better understanding of our bodies so we can live in our power and feel good again. Because let's face it, the current medical system and nursing education left out the complex nature of women's cycles pre, peri, and postmenopausal. We just get compared like we're small men and left to think our hormonal woes are all in our head. Am I right? I certainly never learned any of what I'm about to teach you in school. Better yet, I didn't learn any of this information from a traditional medical doctor. Crazy. Let me tell you, you are not crazy. While your hormones are actually all in your head, more on this coming up, the way you feel or the feeling offness and the ugh-ness that you feel, that's definitely not coming from your head. You're not making that up. Because most of us gals and guys, we know you're here and we love that you listen, have received a mansplanation, if you're like me, from a male endocrine physician who knew just what to do to help me with my feeling kind of off. We'll cut it out and we'll give you medication. Ah, that didn't really work for me. Something in me, the sacred feminine wisdom within knew better, even though she didn't know much about hormones at all at the time. I won't lie, ladies, it's going to take some work for us to understand our bodies and finally meet up with our hormones one-on-one so we can get to know these gals. It's taken me a ton of work and I'm here to make it a little bit easier today. 
So in this episode, I will take you through all of your hormones, how they function and what you need to know to heal as all of these really do start in your head. I promise you, if you don't feel fine, you're not fine. And part of the healing is finding your root cause and understanding your body. So let me blow your mind with this perfect orchestration taking place in your body, pre, peri, and post menopause, no matter where you're at as a woman, this episode is for you. And bonus right now, you can pause the show and there is a free guidebook included in the show notes that you can download and troubleshoot exactly which hormones are high or low in your very own body and go through the steps of exactly what to do. If you need help, it took me quite a bit to create that for you. And I'm so excited to share it for free. I want to start with this quote from Amy Poehler. It takes years as a woman to unlearn what you have been taught to be sorry for our bodies. We have a lot of shame and a lot of Puritan culture wrapped around what we're experiencing as women. And we don't always get the answers we need and we don't always get taken seriously. So it's time to take matters into our own hands and learn about our bodies, cut it out, get on the pill. They'll call you crazy. How many times has this happened to you when you simply asked your practitioner, if your hormones could be off balance, the truth is they gave these answers because They're not bad people. That's all we have been taught in the schooling we spent years enduring. And I say it just like that, enduring. We become so efficient at diagnosing what's wrong and solving with a pharmaceutical intervention. I remember my test in nursing school. It's like, which drug, which drug, which drug? You got to know, you got to know, you got to know. And it was never like, what's the root cause and what solutions and other interventions can we try along the way? My doctoral research right now that I'm getting ready to finish within the next year is about creating a new medical model for autoimmune women. And when I'm presenting this research and talking about it, it's so funny. There's some people who look at me like I have three heads and there are some faculty and professionals who are like, I know what you're talking about. And I'm glad someone's doing this because we've all been through school and we've never been taught that there is another way. And when it comes to our hormones, the current medical and nursing education left out the complex nature of women's cycles, pre, peri, and postmenopausal. We just get compared like we're small men and we're like, everything's in our head marching on, but there's so much going on in your body throughout the month, no matter where you're at. And it's time that we learn this together. So your hormone command center. In fact, your hormones, they really do start in your head, ladies and men, but not in the way you've been gaslit to believe. Meet your hormonal command station center, the hypothalamus. So your hormone command center, the hypothalamus is one of the most amazing parts of your body. I was living my entire life. Like my body was in charge of all the hormone production I would ever have thinking it was all like my womb space doing all the work with no freaking clue that my brain is the boss behind the scenes. Did you know, what does this mean for you? When I am working with women to heal their hormones, I often offer them this truth. When we heal our female body, we heal our feminine energy and vice versa. When we heal our feminine energy, we heal our female body, our body, our mind, our energy field, and our hormones are all so intricately connected. When we are living with a busy mind, addicted to stressful thoughts, our body is going to make more and more stress hormones like cortisol, which actually lowers progesterone levels and progesterone is our chill hormone. So off balance. And it's so funny how one action leads to the exact opposite reaction. So when we're healing our minds to generate positive and powerful healing thoughts, the mind is stimulating oxytocin, progesterone, and even FSH LH production, more on that coming up, which not only makes us feel calm, but also helps us as ladies conceive. So how does all of this work? So you have this command station in your brain. That's literally governing your hormonal production in your body. It's called the HBO connection. Your hypothalamus receives an action potential received by neurons from the hypothalamus. Your brain tells the pituitary gland, what kind of hormone to make and where to send it. 
from the pituitary gland, your hormonal messengers travel to the ovaries. So that's the HBO, the hypothalamus to the pituitary gland to the ovaries. It's like some kind of football play or something. So from the pituitary gland, hormonal messengers travel to the ovaries and begin the entire hormonal cascade for the month. Your hormones begin in your brain and energy impinging on a neuron in the brain determines what it does. So like a chain of dominoes, action potentials travel down neurons, generating all of our cells activity, which determines our hormones balance. So do you see how, when your hormones are in your head, like literally hypothalamus to pituitary gland to ovaries, your hypothalamus is responding to neurons and action potentials are setting off those neurons, telling the cells what to do, which determines hormone balance in your body. What is governing action potentials? Well, this is where science doesn't have everything figured out, but we know our thoughts, we know energy, we know there's some sort of unexplained divine phenomenon. You have more power over your body than what you are ever led to believe, even when it comes to your hormones. It's like to make it really tangible when you hear or see meditations that are about healing the body and you hear these radical stories, the documentary heal is amazing. And we'll show you this, like people have healed by meditation. Dr. Joe Dispenza does research about what meditation does to blood work, to heal cells. And it starts with the mind and quite literally energetically starting with the mind, what you're thinking, what you're believing about your body is generating these action potentials, which is telling your hypothalamus to talk to your pituitary gland to make which hormones you're in control. The female human body is an amazing theatrical performance. Your body's computer, which is the brain has this teeny weeny hypothalamus that we just talked about. That is the main conductor of this whole dang reproductive show. So the hypothalamus it's an almond-sized brain structure that acts as a command central for your endocrine system for all things. It receives a steady stream of data about the hormone levels throughout your body. Based on this information, the hypothalamus fires off one or two hormones to the pea-sized pituitary gland just below it. The pituitary gland goes into immediate action, sending out chemical messengers, aka hormones, two other glands and organs in your endocrine system. So the pituitary has its own Morse hormone code with each gland. So pituitary thyroid stimulating hormone TSH is to the thyroid gland, parathyroid hormone PTH to the parathyroid gland and adrenocorticotropic hormone ACTH to the adrenals and follicle stimulating hormone, FSH or luteinizing hormone, LH to the ovaries. So ACTH, FSH, LH, all of this is hypothalamus to pituitary, pituitary creating these hormonal messengers to organs. Your hormones are coming from your brain. The target glands and organs interpret the message, like the thyroid, the ovaries, the adrenals from the pituitary. And then they either increase hormone production or pump the brakes on hormone production. Okay. Really cool info here. You want to understand how super powerful your hypothalamus gland actually is. It's amazing. When I worked in the neonatal intensive care unit at children's mercy hospital for a long time, I was a nurse, a bedside nurse and a lactation consultant an IBCLC. And I would see many adoptive and foster mamas holding their baby skin to skin and, and just looking for ways to connect with their baby as their baby was there healing. And I would share with them, did you know that you could breastfeed and I would help them breastfeed? And you're like, how on earth? So these women who did not give birth to these babies were starting to breastfeed these babies. So did you know, you only need two things as a woman to produce breast milk. Number one is breasts and number two is a pituitary gland. That is how freaking powerful your brain is in making hormones. And of course, a non-pregnant female will not have quite the strength of the hormonal cascade to produce a full supply, but an adoptive mama can certainly bond with her baby at this level 
giving her body ample time to produce breast milk. We often say start, you know, six to eight weeks before. Um, if you moms who were in, even moms who were biological mothers to their babies and who were pumping breast milk would, I would say, take like wrap your baby up in a onesie or a blanket and get their scent on, on this item of clothing, take it home. And when you're away from your baby and you want to increase your breast milk production, smell it. That smell is going to generate an action potential in your brain, which is going to signal from the pituitary to the breast to make more milk and have a better letdown and make this feeding your baby process even better. And it works. The smell thing works. And the same thing with the babies, we would have moms wear cloths in their nursing bras, and then we would put those in the bed with the baby when mom was away. So baby could feel calm or right before baby was about to feed, say we were tubing, um, or giving the baby breast milk through the bottle or however we were feeding them. When mom wasn't at the bedside, we'd get that scent cloth out and we'd give it to the baby and, and let baby associate mom, the smell getting fed or milk being happy, sleepy. I could go on and on. It is amazing. Your brain is amazing. Your hypothalamus, your pituitary gland, your breast, your ovaries, your uterus, everything is talking and they're not separate from one another. So if we medicate something and put in their interference in that signaling pathway, or we cut something out, well, we've just interrupted the orchestra and that's where problems happen. But okay, back to hormone basics. The reproductive system is influenced by hormones that are regulated by the hypothalamus and the gonadotropin releasing hormone. So this hormone GnRH causes the cells in the frontal part of the pituitary gland to produce two types of hormones. The first hormone is follicle stimulating hormone, FSH, and the other is luteinizing hormone, LH. These hormones travel all the way from the brain to the ovaries where they influence estrogen and progesterone levels and help the follicles inside the ovaries mature. So cool. This in itself makes you ovulate and ovulation is the main event that drives your monthly hormone symphony. Everything is really based off of ovulation. Dudes came up with the idea in medicine that day one of your cycle is when you bleed, which is what we're going off of, which is what we use. But actually phase one is after you're done bleeding, it's called follicular phase. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about your cycle, your hormonal cycle, according to like cyclical living, follicular ovulation, luteal menstrual, what self-care, how you're feeling, what, why do you feel like some days you want to live in a cave and some days you want to party in the USA with your best friends. And this is for all women pre peri postmenopausal because if you are not cycling anymore the moon goes through this cycle in the same window a woman's body does it's crazy and the moon offers energetic components to how you're feeling don't believe me you can read my blogs the i am woman blogs we have one just on the moon and how the moon governs the tide certain crops the moon's doing a lot just like the sun is but she is the feminine lunar energy so she doesn't get enough um, credit, just kind of like men and women. And we're going for that balance. And that is why we're here. Right. Okay. So ovulation is a huge deal. All of your hormones are doing something leading up to ovulation. All of your hormones are doing something else after. And just a reminder, your brain rather than your body is in charge of this process beginning a side note here. That's really important. The birth control pill and other forms of birth control work by stopping your brain and ovaries from talking. This can really throw a wrench in things long-term. More on that in episode four and nine and in the blog post. But I just want you to know, like if you're taking birth control, it works a little bit different and you might not resonate with all of this because your body's working in a bit of a different way. Hormonal imbalance is often the result of an interference in the HBO hypothalamus pituitary Terry ovarian access or brain to body signaling network. If you're not on birth control and you haven't had surgery to dismantle your body's production, most commonly hormone imbalance stems from inflammation, blunting this complex communication system taking place in your body. So if you can imagine the brain, the hypothalamus talking to the 
to the pituitary gland, talking to thyroid, ovaries, talking to adrenals, and you have some sort of endocrine or autoimmune or hormonal issue, there's a wrench thrown in the communication and inflammation is the number one thing to do it. So your body isn't broken. It's being hijacked by the food, the air, the water, and the thoughts we take in. And there is a way to unhijack and remove the inflammation, remove the wrench, the interference and get things talking again. I see it happen every day. You're just not told that in your typical doctor's office. So let's take a look at how hormone levels change during the cycle stages and a few keywords to know along the way. So some of the matured follicles will eventually release eggs, which travel down the uterine tube. So follicles in the ovaries, ovaries release eggs, and you're going to have at ovulation. This is going to, one egg is released. It travels down the uterine tubes where this can be fertilized and move into the uterus for implantation and pregnancy. Like everything is just this revolving around. Does the woman get pregnant at the cycle? And luckily we have a lot of say in that nowadays. And so the, the hormone interaction that makes this possible is that HBO access that we talked about. So cool. So the end of a cycle, right before menstruation, estrogen and progesterone levels drop. Oftentimes we feel this, we're like, whoa, I don't feel good in my late luteal phase the few days before our period. And this causes an increase of FSH and GNRH levels. All the hormones involved in the hypothalamic pituitary ovarian axis rise in one phase of the menstrual cycle and drop in the other. And if you are a visual learner, you can go to the blog linked in the show notes and see photos and read this in a way as you're listening, you're going to get a general feel, but if you're like, I really want to master this, which I promise you should, it's going to help your body and your health so much. You can go, it's, it's put in a blog post in a visual format. Cause I both like to, this is, I'm so weird. This is the way I read books. <laughs> I listen to the audio and then I like skim and read and highlight and take notes on the physical copy. Even if like I go for a walk and I'm listening to the book, then that night I like sit down and the points that I really want to remember really getting into the way I read books, but I send myself text messages or make notes. And then I go back over those parts I want to master. And once I've heard it, and once I read it, I swear, I don't have to like touch it again. It's cemented in my brain. I love that. So I want that for you too, with your hormones. So in this HBO access, there's estrogen and progesterone levels rise, and then they drop. They do this in each half of the cycle. And if they're out of balance, you can see symptoms like acne, negative mood, headache, weight gain, bloating, appetite changes. You will notice that in, it is normal and healthy to have more of an appetite the second half of your cycle. So after ovulation, then in the, the beginning of your cycle, but to be like ravenous and hangry and moody and not feeling well, that's not normal, but it's common. So you're just told it's fine. But let's finally meet our hormones one by one and take a look at these ladies that make our cycle go round, our voices feminine, and our bodies birth a baby. Okay, so let's start with estrogen. A female sex hormone produced by the ovaries dominant in the first half of the menstrual cycle. Produced primarily by the ovaries, but also in small amounts by the adrenal glands and fat cells. Estrogen is the superstar of your hormonal cycle. In your reproductive cycle, estrogen participates in ovulation and is responsible for the thickening of your uterine lining. So your bleed in anticipation of a pregnancy. And if that doesn't happen, it sheds. Estrogen also plays a major role in many other biological systems and protects you from dementia, bone density loss, those DEXA scans, heart disease, and high blood pressure. The main player in the first half of your cycle is estrogen. It spikes around days 12 through 14 to trigger the release of luteinizing hormone. There she is again, which marks the beginning of the ovulatory phase and stimulates your ovaries to release an egg, which is just ovulation. It's during this time that the egg travels down the fallopian tube and either implants in the endometrium, if fertilized by sperm or slowly dissolves and passes out of the body along with the uterine lining that estrogen worked so hard to rebuild during your period. 
So estrogen also stimulates the growth of the uterine tissues we talked about, making it possible for the embryo to implant. Your estrogen is working hard all month long. So this is why too much estrogen causes heavy, painful periods. It's the predominant hormone during the first half of the cycle, which is known as the follicular phase days, like one through 14, or if you're really going to get down in the nitty gritty, it's really when you're done bleeding. So say you have a five day period days, five through 14, something like that. The ruptured follicle now called the corpus luteum releases progesterone and estrogen to prepare your body for pregnancy. There's so much going on and every little, like down to like what's in your ovaries, they're producing hormones and doing different things. But what you need to know about estrogen is when it's high, when it's low. And if you are experiencing painful, heavy periods, two things, your estrogen can be really, really high. It can also be really, really high in the wrong kinds of estrogen. And you can actually be low in estrogen. A lot of women who think that they are estrogen dominant because of their symptoms, then we get a, a blood test or we look a little bit deeper and they're actually estrogen deficient and they're the xenoestrogens in our food and in our environment, they are crowding out the receptor sites of the healthy estrogens. And that creates a really big problem. So again, you can use that guide, the hormone healing guide for free linked in the show notes, download that and use your symptoms and see what's going on with your estrogens. Okay. Progesterone number two, progesterone is my fave. Progesterone is the chill hormone. I could use a little bit more chill and estrogen is the va va hormone. So when my hormones were in a really, 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 really low place, like perimenopausal in my early thirties, yikes, very scary with no children yet. And we'll be trying eventually. Yes. Um, my progesterone and my estrogen were low. And I started first healing my progesterone and went through all of the, you know, the food, the supplements, the sleep, the stress reduction, all of that helped immensely. And then I started taking bioidentical progesterone. And you can hear Lisa Everett Anderson talk about um, how her pharmacy O'Brien pharmacy is the only pharmacy that I prefer to prescribe with. That's in episode 10 and why the trochies are different or the troches than other forms of bioidentical hormone. And really you don't want to use anything else. Um, why? Because all other hormones are going through your liver. So my hormones were low, started with progesterone, started feeling less inflammation, more chill, and then estrogen is like your va va voom, like, Hey, I feel like a woman hormone. And once I started getting that back in balance, like I was wearing lip color again and cared about my hair and my clothes. And I was feeling social and my libido came back and all of these really wonderful things. So both of these hormones matter, but let's take a little bit of a deeper look at progesterone and I'll offer you supplemental stories along the way so that you can maybe relate or feel like this is me, this isn't me. So progesterone is a hormone that is released by the corpus luteum in the ovary to help prepare the uterus for the implantation of embryo. And this it's dominant really in the second half of the menstrual cycle. I'm going to educate on birth control for a second and say that if you were like me and you took birth control for years and years and years and years and years and years of all forms, it starts to shut down the communication that tells your ovaries to produce progesterone. And that's why so many women are progesterone deficient. Just as every woman gets offered birth control at their, you know, womanly visits, I think every woman should be offered bioidentical progesterone with checking of the labs. It is one of those that when taken in the right form that doesn't go through the liver, isn't going to hurt you. And it's only going to help you. I mean, from your sleep to your inflammation, to your stress, it is a miracle because progesterone, the production of progesterone kicks in around ovulation and you're still making it and you still have it, even if you're postmenopausal. And when it gets to work on its main job of controlling and maintaining the buildup, the uterine lining. So it's working in tandem there with estrogen. If an egg isn't fertilized, then progesterone levels fall after ovulation and then the lining is shed. 
So progesterone counterbalances estrogen, it promotes relaxation, improves sleep, enhances mood. And it's super important, especially if you're feeling like your estrogens aren't balanced. Progesterone is a mother hormone and just healing your progesterone or supplementing your progesterone or helping your progesterone is going to help estrogen and testosterone get in balance too. It is wonderful. Let's move on to testosterone. Testosterone is a sex hormone secreted by the ovaries and the adrenal glands that rises before ovulation. It's the highest in men, but gosh, dang it, ladies, it is so necessary for us. This hormone, which is associated with sex drive, gets a slight surge during and immediately after ovulation, which is biological design. Hello, like the time you're supposed to get pregnant, like you have the highest libido. Mother nature is brilliant. So you're going to feel more sexual at the time you're most likely able to conceive. You'll also get a tiny jump again, right before your bleed. And so many women are like, I, if they're really low, they might not notice it at ovulation or if their estrogens and progesterone is trying to catch up from follicular phase that they have all sorts of imbalance. They might say, I only feel my libido spike right before I bleed. And that's okay too. And so use the free questionnaire linked in the show notes to see like, where are my hormones happy and where are they not so happy? And we can troubleshoot. I like to think that the body, it's like, it's one last two raw. Like you get your one last little libido spike. And I promise ladies is your hormones are in a place where it's best happy, healthy homeostasis for you. You will feel that you'll have that one little, like, you'll know you're like periods coming. I'm in the mood. You got that one last little jump. And then I like to think it's mother nature's way of being like, just in case ovulation came late and the egg is still chilling, the sperm could reach it because sperm can survive, you know, five days. So the egg might, who knows, there could have been like a fumble in the fallopian tube and it, it just took a minute or something and you could get pregnant one last time. That's my theory hasn't been proven by science. Let's talk about follicle stimulating hormone FSH. So hormone produced by the pituitary gland that the hypothalamus told it to do that stimulates the maturation of the ovarian follicles and preparation for ovulation, 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 this big event released by the pituitary gland in the brain. FSH stimulates ovarian follicles to mature. FSH imbalances can lead to infertility. And as you begin perimenopause, your FSH levels this is counterintuitive, slowly rise to a level that signals the ovary to stop releasing eggs. Cool. Luteinizing hormone LH, a hormone produced by the pituitary gland that triggers ovulation and the development of the corpus luteum, which is in your ovaries. LH triggers the release of a mature egg from an ovarian follicle. Abnormal LH levels are associated with fertility issues and PCOS. So if you've been told, Hey, your LH, LH levels are a little off balance. You might understand it that way. Two other hormones that you might not take into consideration, but I want to bring up are insulin and cortisol insulin. So when your body, when you consume carbohydrates, your body breaks them down and converts them into glucose, a type of sugar, which you have to have to make ATP, which is absorbed into the bloodstream, your pancreas secretes the hormone insulin in response to the amount of glucose in the bloodstream, the more glucose, the more insulin. So this critical hormone ushers the glucose into your body cells. So it can be used for energy and it helps keep your blood sugar levels balanced. When insulin levels are off balance, it can lead to blood sugar imbalance, which is associated with menstrual irregularities and reduced fertility. So like your insulin is important. I could go on and on and on, or you can just go back in time and listen to episode six about carbohydrates, keto. I promise you avoiding carbohydrates is not the solution. Absolutely not. So definitely check that out. If you're like, I think something's going on with my blood sugars. I should go low carb, get all the information first. And then whatever you choose to do, I support you. Last but not least, definitely not least is cortisol. Cortisol is the body's primary stress hormone. The release of this important hormone is regulated by the body's hypothalamic pituitary adrenal. So HBO versus the HB, HPA, this is hypothalamic pituitary adrenal 
is HPO, HPA, I promise I'll get this right. And then HPO that we talked about earlier was hypothalamic pituitary ovaries. So we have a HBA and an HBO and cortisol, body's primary stress hormone is regulated by the HBA. So it's adrenal connected. Small doses of cortisol can be a good thing. You need cortisol to be alive, but chronically high levels of the hormone can disrupt ovulation, decrease progesterone levels, sap your sex drive and cause fertility problems. We're going to talk about stress here in a second, but just know, okay, cortisol, it has to do with my hormones. It's really important. Here's a note on birth control. Again, if you're taking birth control, your hormonal pattern is blunted and you have a steady low state of hormones at all times. So that's how you don't get pregnant. And then menopause, you still have hormones, ladies, please hear me. And you need your hormones. You are not in it. You are not without hormones. I hear, you're going to hear me probably say that 27 times in the podcast. As long as we talk about women's health all the time, women are like, oh, I don't have hormones. I'm in menopause or, oh, I'm in it. I had my uterus removed. I'm like, no, you have hormones, whether it's surgical or organic menopause, your levels are softening into a steady state of balance at all times. That's what I want you to think. Your hormones are softening. They're balanced at all times. This is one of the most important times to be paying attention to and healing your hormones. Don't tune me out here. Wise woman. (laughs) If you are in menopause, you've earned that status. You are there. You have made it. And don't tune me out because this is important for you, especially next week's episode about how you're still actually cycling. So why is hormonal imbalance and detrimental decline of our hormones in pre, peri, and postmenopause even a thing? Let's think about our hormones like a mountain. We should be at our peak living at the top of the mountain. Let's say it's 20K feet, 20,000 feet is the peak. That's where we're chilling. That is like when our hormones in our lifespan and there is a photo in the blog. So you can see that. So as we go through natural hormonal decline, aka menopause, we end up at sea level. So if you're coming down the mountain, you're then you're at sea level, but because of the hormonal decline epidemic we're in, we end up below sea level underground in menopause, buried in hormonal deficit symptoms. It is not normal to feel like crap in menopause or going through menopause or pre-menopause, but because it's so common, they're like, eh, nothing's wrong with you. Okay. Keep on listening. Let's talk a little bit about common hormonal imbalances. What are some of the most common hormonal imbalances and what do they look like? The following are the predominant imbalances. I treat in my clinical practice and their corresponding symptoms. This is just like tiny little tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to look at. And so a little bit of information to clue you in, use the hormone guide and work with someone knowledgeable. If you're like, I'm stuck, I'm not sure. So too much estrogen or remember it's a lot of times those little nasty estrogens, not that your body is just like in a frenzy and produces too much. If you have an excess of adipose tissue, it's its own endocrine organ and makes its own estrogen. It's kind of like this self-perpetuating feedback cycle. It just wants to stay alive. We all know this. Those who have went through weight loss to bring ourselves to a healthier homeostasis, when you're going through weight loss, you feel like you're going to die. In my opinion, when I'm losing weight, when my body is consuming its own fat, it is like hello pizza and ice cream dreams. And I just feel like so unsettled one, because as your body's munching through those fat cells, there's some toxins and xenoestrogens and things being released that aren't fun, but also it's just like survival. Like our bodies where, especially as women, we're, we're meant to have fat. We have a slower metabolism and a different kind of immune system that supports life and estrogen. We need that to be a woman. And if, when our cells, because we used to live in a time where there wasn't like processed foods and dirty air and water, making us inflamed and carrying more fat cells. It was like, no, 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 we want fat cells. As soon as we can get fat cells, we're going to get them. And then if we get rid of them, it's a really big deal. That means we're, we're essentially dying. Right? So there's a reason you don't feel good when you're losing weight, but it's worth it. If that's a strategy for your hormone healing. So if you have too much estrogen, heavy, painful periods, fibroids, 
cysts on the ovaries, breast tenderness, fibrocystic breast, and an increased risk of cancer. A little bioidentical blood here. For the troches that I work with that do have estrogen, I have many, many clients who are past ovarian, uterine, breast cancers who are taking an estrogen right for them in, in the hormone replacement therapy. When you get on hormone replacement therapy of the right kind, many times you will notice that your breasts are a little tender. It does not mean that you're getting cysts. It actually means, or you have some spotting and you're in menopause when our hormones that should be on the receptor sites, get in there, they lay down new breast and uterine tissue and the old cystic crappy stuff sheds. And that creates a little spotting or tenderness. Okay. Too little progesterone. Common symptoms of low progesterone include infertility, anxiety, insomnia, uncontrollable crying and irregular menstrual cycles. They're typically shorter and sometimes they're, they're closer together, but they're like just clotty and heavy and mean and nasty, and they don't like you. And it's painful. Too little progesterone. I didn't realize I was low in progesterone until like I realized it because I just thought I was fine. And then I, I took a moment in reflection and meditation one day. I was like, I feel so much better this morning that I meditated because I brought awareness around the fact that I always felt like I was in this rush. Even if I actually wasn't in a rush, I felt stressed and like I was in a rush. That's low progesterone. Progesterone is the hormone that helps you feel chilled out and calm and in love with your life. When that is too low, women want to either run away into the woods and never be seen or murder anyone who gets in their way or do both. So if you find that during the week or two before your period, you can't sleep, you're feeling anxious, you're aggravated with everyone, you need to get your progesterone back. And luckily it isn't too difficult to do this with a natural approach. Progesterone is the most prominent hormone from days 15 through 20 of your cycle peaks around day 21, which is also known as the luteal phase, which we are going to go in so much depth and detail on in the next podcast. It's too much cortisol. So there's too much and there's too little. We'll talk about both. When your cortisol is in overdrive, you get that wired and tired feeling. When your brain is going a million miles a minute and your body is exhausted. It's also why women start to get belly fat and why it's a bad rap is too much cortisol. It blocks your hormones being able to communicate and belly fat not being put on. So too little cortisol. Cortisol also has a lot to do with insulin and we know insulin in imbalances leads to belly fat. So too little cortisol is linked to adrenal fatigue. That HBA axis that we talked about is dysregulated. Low cortisol levels can leave you really exhausted with a weakened immune system. You get sick all the time. You have wounds that don't heal. You have headaches. You're waking up with headaches. This was me before getting my progesterone levels really helped my cortisol, even if it was low. And it it's really hard to get out of bed in the morning. Too little cortisol is from your cortisol being high for so long. So too little thyroid hormone. Hypothyroidism is super common in my practice and can cause irregular periods and infertility. You might feel, you will feel fatigued at a certain point and have dry skin, hair loss, brain fog. Thyroid has so much to do with everything. Just get it checked out by a knowledgeable practitioner often. So too much testosterone. This is when your androgens are off. This can happen with PCOS or your sometimes your testosterone is off because your progesterone and estrogen are so low. And testosterone is like the only thing that made it. And it's not always because your, your body is just like, oh, I want to make more testosterone and be out of whack. Um, you can also have post-pill androgen rebound. And the symptoms include oily skin and acne. You basically feel like a teenage boy and want to rage like one too. So you can lose hair in your head or develop hair in unwanted areas like your chest, chin, or abdomen. You can also notice that your underarms kind of like are a darker color when you're like, that's kind of weird. So too little testosterone is also something that I treat that no one talks about. It causes you to lose muscle mass in your libido. You'll also feel less motivated. It can look a lot like depression. Oh my gosh. I could, I think I've mentioned this with Lisa in our episode, but this is not, we could run a study in my clinical experience, 80% of depression and anxiety is misdiagnosed. It's hormone imbalance. And we're using some really rough drugs to treat these, you know, Xanax, Ritalin, Ambien, Alexa, Wellbutrin, Abilify, Prozac. Hey, I'm, when we need a drug, we need a drug and I'll be the first to write it for you. But women, we can do better. 
we can be in our power and understand a lot of times it's our hormones and we're not depressed or anxious. And once we get our hormones in balance, then we don't have to take drugs that are messing with our gut flora, reducing our ability to make neurotransmitters and feel happy. When you have the knowledge, you have the power over your body. Okay. So too little testosterone, you know, start crying. Um, it's really common on the pill. You don't have a lot of motivation. Your muscle mass is down, but guess what? These hormones, they usually travel together in a pack. They're like all the girls at the club or the restaurant who go to the bathroom together and they all hang out together. And if one gets lazy, it drags the entire gang down. So chances are you won't have one hormone out of balance. Don't let that freak you out. You'll have a multiple hormones out of balance, like my progesterone decline, then estrogen and testosterone was next. Luckily we caught it at a good time. And this is the good news that once you begin to heal one, the other gals would be like, oh, hey, I guess I would maybe cut count testosterone as a guy. If we're going to give, um, personify and give genders to these hormones, but they're like the testosterone is like the one guy in the group, you know? So the girls are like, okay, well, we'll get up. Yeah. We want to go out too. We're feeling better. Yeah. Let's put our heels on. When you get one going, you can usually get the rest of them going. So find your own unique hormone balance by taking the free hormone healing questionnaire in the show notes. This is that simple. I want to gift it to you. Okay. Stress. We're going to wrap up here, but I want to talk about stress. And then I'm going to give you five ways to heal your hormones, like super simple, easy, practical tips. The stress response hormonal cycle is a two-way street. Just as your hormone cycle influences your stress response, your period, your fertility, everything can be disrupted when your stress response gets out of control. And we know our current world is setting us up for just that to happen, right? So here are four ways a rise in cortisol can affect your monthly cycle and do all sorts of things. And if you're not cycling, you still need to hear it. I promise. Cause you still have hormones. They're just remember that softer, more level state. And you don't go through the as intense ride as, as a cycling females do, but you still have hormones and they're still affecting you. And stress still is part of that cycle. Okay. I digress. Stress interferes with insulin. Stress increases in cortisol levels, which disrupts insulin's ability to control blood sugar levels. In turn, this disruption messes with ovulation and menstruation and gives you a belly, right? So let's take care of our stress. Stress decreases progesterone. Progesterone makes us feel chill and helps us sleep. Cortisol gets in the way of progesterone production, which, which can disrupt your cycle. When your body is stressed, it uses progesterone to crank out more cortisol. It's a steal. It happens rather than what it is intended to do. If you're trying to conceive, be aware that insufficient progesterone levels can decrease your chances of getting pregnant and make it even harder to sustain a pregnancy full term. So stress delays ovulation. As stress hits when you're nearing the ovulatory phase, increased levels of cortisol can delay or even prevent an egg from being released into the uterus. So from a biological standpoint, you can understand why your body wouldn't want to ovulate if it was in a state of stress, right? So it's just like our bodies are so smart and then we just think something's wrong with them and we need to get involved and fix them and cut them and medicate them in weird ways. Stress can also disrupt your sex life and your fertility. The chemicals released during times of stress interfere with your body's production of estrogen, progesterone, luteinizing hormone, FSH, and prolactin. So everything. Too much stress can really throw off your hormones, leading to irregular periods, fertility problems, and a lukewarm libido. What happens when this goes on, on and on and on? Chronic stress is linked to six leading causes of death, including heart disease, cancer, lung ailments, accidents, cirrhosis of the liver, and suicide, according to the American Psychological Association. Our bodies don't have to live this way any longer, ladies. If you feel like you are stuck in a loop that you can't get out of, I get it. You're like, I hear you saying I'm stressed. I hear you saying my body's stressed. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I can't, it's hard. It's just like, because it's literally ingrained in your cells address your energy field first. So check out my blog linked in the show notes about energy healing and about how everything starts in the energy field and know you have a way out. Even if society seems to keep you running on the stressed out hamster wheel, you don't oftentimes have to like, you don't have to burn it all down. You don't have to like quit your job, change careers, 
get rid of your kids, move away. You can work in your energy field to be in the same position you're in and navigate your stress response is way different and not let it wreak havoc on your body. And then if you choose to make changes after that, great. So finally, I want to leave you with a few actionable steps you can take to truly heal. No more covering up hormone imbalances with band-aids like metformin and birth control pills. Let's take charge, ladies. Let's do the hard work and liberate our bodies into feeling good. Okay, so how to heal your hormonal woes. Number one, listen to this episode until you fully understand these amazing orchestra taking place in your body. And I mentioned the blog that corresponds on the podcast. I go off on tangents and then the hard thing about the podcast is I can't give you graphics. So both are really beneficial to look at both and use this living library as something to help your body heal and, and understand your body. Number two, work through the I am women hormone healing questionnaire linked in the show notes and really listen to your body. Where is she crying out for support? If you feel like, okay, I have so much to learn. I have no idea where to start. That hormone healing questionnaire will take you through the steps. It's amazing. And I'm really proud of it. Number three, find your interference. Remember us talking about the HBO, HBA access. Like there's this communication network going on in the body. If you're experiencing symptoms, work with a knowledgeable clinician to find your root cause and find where that wrench is in the system. Use food, movement, nutraceuticals, energy healing, and even bioidentical troches as your medicine. You don't need to live suffering. There is healing possible. I promise. Number five, the last thing, most importantly, remember that your hormones happen in your brain, observe the thoughts you are generating and make sure they are conducive to your female body and feminine energy healing. My promise remains true each and every day to this community. Your body can heal. I promise my body is healed. I've seen hundreds and thousands of women and men, their bodies heal. And we are all made from the same cells by the same creator. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Do you love reviving the sacred feminine wisdom sort of deep within your body? If this podcast is helping you heal, please, please, please share the love and help other women find this hope too. share with a friend, just text it to them. Make sure to subscribe and rate this show here on this platform. I really do appreciate and I read every single review and it means the world to me and helping this message reach the masses. 